0: In this week's episode... And then when you hear about stuff like this, you realise you've obviously taken your supplies for granted so much up to this point, but it's, it's, it's heartbreaking to read that. But before we get into that, everything you hear on the Insulon podcast is from my own personal experience. And if you have any worries or issues regarding your diabetes, please contact a medical professional. Now, let's get stuck into this episode. Good afternoon, and thank you for joining us for another episode of the Insaloon podcast. I know I say it every episode, but I do greatly appreciate the fact that you are here right now with me and Graham, listening intently and ready to listen and learn. Listening intently to listen—that doesn't sound. Anyway, happy you're here. (laughs) What's happening, Graham? I just had six turkey sausages, and now I'm pretty full. Why did you have six? Uh, because you know when you
1: get you open up a packet and you realize ah, I kind of wanted four, and then so I said I'll cook all six, and then I left two in the pan, and then I went to eat them and I had some scrabble egg as well, and then I went back to do the washing up, and then I saw the two in the pan and I was going to put them in the fridge maybe for later on. I was like, ah, I'll just have the two now. <laughs> now I feel very full.
0: I used to eat. Turkey rashers Tur- Rashers? Tur- <laughs> well, are you speak? okay? <laughs> yeah. oh rashers right, let's, let's just restart the whole episode <laughs> I used to eat turkey rashers Yeah In New York And they were amazing What are the sausages like?
1: They're lovely They're very nice Now I have had different variations of turkey rashers There's some which are just They taste like cardboard And there's no fat at all in them And they're just these circles Lean protein It's <laughs> literally nothing else on yeah. it It's so It's so cardboardy And then there's other ones Which are more kind of like Turkey fillets But they're being uh, Passed off as rashers Now I am very conscious That rasher Is a major Irish word Oh true yeah true. Rasher now, if you were to go into New York And ask for some turkey rashers I wonder what they would have said to you I don't even know where the word Rasher comes from So It's, oh, it's bacon really? I think there's a
0: famous Irish artist Called Rasher I'm going to go, where does the... Here, let's get on with this. Nobody cares about your rashers, rasher right? Come on, let's come go. From. From. One second now. Where did the
1: word rasher come from? Rasher. The word rasher most likely comes from the Latin rado, rasi, razum. A rasher of bacon. Oh, interesting. So it's actually called a rasher of bacon. Oh, weird. There we go. Well, a rasher of turkey. It's rasher of turkey bacon. Mm. How are you, Owen? Any, any stories for me? What's going on in your
0: life? You all right? Oh, good in my life. I, I'm, I'm excited because I love these episodes. I always love doing the email ones because I learn a lot from the people who listen to the podcast when they email in and I love hearing about all the experiences. So I'm buzzed for that. But in terms of my life, nothing too exciting these days, apart from the fact that my blood seemed to have settled now like nicely from COVID, which is good because we only recorded that episode last week saying my bloods are still affected <laughs> so within the week they've actually settled down nicely which is good settled back to what they were pre covid or settled into a new routine settled back in terms of my basal is back to what it was so i'm taking 12 units in the morning 12 units at night yeah but my insulin to carb ratio is still slightly off so i'm instead of 1 to 30 i'm kind of Hovering around one to 21 to 25. Okay. So better, but still not fully back to what it was. But it's all just part and parcel of the experience, I guess. (laughs) Getting there, getting there. Exactly. Well, we'll we head into some of these emails. Let's
1: get into it. No messing around anymore talking about rashers. (laughs) Email number one comes from Oregon Dennis and subject my diabetes with COVID. So this would be very apt in what we were talking about over the last mm. few weeks. Hi, Owen and Graham. I've just listened to your podcast about your diabetes still being affected by COVID and I really thought it was my situation. So this must be in relation to last week's episode then. What Can a coincidence
0: I that? that I just mentioned it now yeah. this email.
1: Oregon says, I've been diabetic for 18 years now. I'm 21 soon and I contracted COVID-19 in October. I'm currently using rapid insulin as I think it's more practical. I used to use low levels of insulin and my endo said that they were doses for a child, but it worked well and my (laughs) diabetes was quite balanced. But since I got COVID, it has all changed. I've had to double my dose even when I wasn't eating that much. I also had to totally change my basal insulin because it was really chaos. My doctor advised me to give my diabetes what it needed. And if it was more insulin, I had to give it more insulin. If anyone is experiencing something similar, my advice is to be brave and rediscover your diabetes and your new needs. I promise it will get better. Don't overwhelm yourself with stress and try and use this opportunity to understand your body even more. Good luck and kisses from France. That is Oregon. Yes, it's my name. It's a French one. Ha ha.
0: (laughs) There we go. That's unreal. Amazing email. Thank you, Oregon. I hope that's how you pronounce your name, but... Really appreciate you getting in touch and really appreciate you listening to the podcast, of course. And as I said, it's kind of, it's a strange coincidence that that was the first email for the day. And I'd say it sounds exactly like my experience. Yeah. And the fact that I seem to kind of be getting past the changes now, I hope that in itself is reassuring for Oregon, but yeah, it's, it's almost just an exact copy of what I went through and They were obviously on very low levels of insulin, probably super insulin sensitive, which is a good thing. And their basal, did they say doubled? Yeah. Yeah, which is crazy. So much like mine, well, my basal didn't double, but I was, my start point was always 24 units. And that went up to, what did I say? 26, 27, 28. And then my insulin to carb ratio basically doubled. So instead of me taking one unit of insulin, For 30 grams carbs, I was taking one unit of insulin for about 15 grams carbs. So I fully understand the frustration that you experienced, Oregon. And uh, I hope that you've recovered from it now. And I hope you're feeling better. But even from the fact that my week since last week, there's been a drastic improvement. I hope theirs is the same too. And what I loved about that was, although... They have been living with diabetes for 18 years. What were the last couple of sentences? If anyone is experiencing... What was the last one? So if anyone is experiencing something similar, my advice is to be brave and
1: rediscover your diabetes and your new needs. It will get better, I promise. And what was the one after that? Don't overwhelm yourself with stress and try and use this opportunity to understand your
0: body even more. Yeah, absolutely. Love that. And that's kind of how I felt about mine too. It's It's how... Look, it could be COVID, it could be changing routine, it could be stress levels, it could be whatever, new exercise routine. There will always be something in your life that changes your diabetes management. How you are today right now, your management is based around that. But if you next week started doing 5Ks every day, you probably won't, you probably won't do that because it's a stupid thing to jump, jump straight into, but... If you were to start doing 5Ks every day next week, your diabetes management would completely change. So it's important that you kind of have the core knowledge of how you manage your diabetes, but then inevitably when things do change, you have that confidence to know, hmm, okay, maybe I need to change my ratio here. Maybe I need to adjust my insulin timing here. Maybe I need to slightly increase or reduce my basal here. So Oregon obviously noticed that when they had COVID and they obviously looked at it in that positive sort of light to say, look, I've had it for 18 years, but out of nowhere, unplanned, I now have the opportunity and the ability to test my management, test my knowledge, test how I adjust to things and still stay on top of it as best I can. Perfect. Thank you very much, Oregon, for that.
1: All the way from France. Vive la France. Allez le bleu. Let's go on. Second email from Alan Edwards. And Alan is referencing episode 90 with Katie Piazza-Leslie. And Mm. Alan says, Dear Owen and Graham, what an excellent episode number 90 was with Katie Piazza-Leslie and an extremely sad story of the loss of her brother from DKA. Living in the USA, I can attest to the broken healthcare system, medical insurance system, and the number of people that do not have health insurance and even with health insurance can't afford the cost of life saving medicines like insulin. The US certainly has a broken system and it's to our own shame for allowing this to continue. My own insulin accounts for the largest percentage of my medical costs and I have insurance coverage through my employer. Currently, the list price of a 90 day supply of 15 Novolog fast acting insulin. Flex pens, three boxes of five pens, ranges from $1,460 to $1,859. Insurance negotiates prices down to 3 to $350 range, which I have paid until I met my insurance annual deductible. Lately, after satisfying deductibles, I've paid anywhere from a low of $67 to a high of $87, depending on market fluctuations. The current list price of a 90 day supply of 12 Traceba long-acting insulin, flex Touch pens, four boxes of three pens, is $2,211. I've never seen the insurance negotiated price, but I end up paying $121, again, depending on market prices. This doesn't include the required cost of needles to fit the pen injectors or lancets, alcohol pads, BGM or CGM monitors, Test strips, whose costs are ridiculous alone, sensors, transmitters, and all the other items that one needs to have for daily care. Thank you for this timely, necessary, and needed podcast during Diabetes Awareness Week slash month. I always look forward to each week's podcast, and that is from Alan. Jeez, my head is blown after that. Just, it's just ridiculous, isn't it? It's absolutely unbelievable. It's, it's like, sick.
0: Yeah. And look, firstly, special shout out to Alan, because I know he listens to all the episodes. He always reaches out to me through email and stuff, too. So I really appreciate your constant engagement and support. But hearing something like that is just unbelievable. Yeah, And even from my own perspective, I was diagnosed in Ireland and I, this is what I'm used to and what I'm used to in Ireland and so many other people in the UK and Europe, what we're used to is not having to worry about insulin supplies or diabetic supplies. And then when you hear about stuff like this, you realize you've obviously taken your supplies for granted so much up to this point, but it's 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 heartbreaking to read that. Mm. Like, yeah. as if living with diabetes wasn't stressful enough, having to pay for those sort of costs. Let me tell you a story, Grant. Go on. So when I was in New York, this was when I just kind of by chance, I met a few diabetics over there and they were telling me a bit about this and what goes on in the States and the cost of their insulin and these kind of things. And there was a guy who I became friends with and Hugh was really good friends with him too. When we were over there, Hughie was just one of my friends I was over there with, but a guy that we met over there was I think early thirties, type one diabetic for most of his life. And he was the manager of a bar that we used to go to. And in the job that he had, he didn't get the relevant insurance or whatever it was that he needed to get these deductibles or whatever it is in the States. So he was living in New York and every month he said he was spending in and around, if not more, the same amount of money on his diabetic supplies than he was on his rent in New York. And New York isn't a cheap place to live. Yeah. And I remember he was asking me, he was like, like how much does it cost in Ireland? And what do you have to do to reach your deductibles and these kind of things? And I was like, we just get it in Ireland. Long-term illness scheme in Ireland, you get your supplies for free, which is absolutely fantastic. But it's unbelievable when you hear about these sort of prices. And for something that costs so little, to make. Mm. I think it's something like now I could be wrong, but it I think it's something like eight dollars per vial of insulin to actually make it and then it's sold for whatever it's sold for. It's outrageous like. And what's unfortunate about that too is I've spoken to loads of people who obviously their priority is having that insurance. So they inevitably can afford their insulin. But I've had a couple of clients, I, I still think I have one now at the moment, and even just met people over the years who basically were staying in jobs that they absolutely hate just so they can keep that insurance. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 because I, there I,
1: isn't another option. That's a big thing, isn't it? If getting an um, employment
0: where they provide insurance, but then if you lose that job, you've got no insurance. Mm. So I know. Oh. It's unreal. And I don't, I don't know if I should even say this on the podcast, but I'll say it anyway, because it's, it's the topic. Um, When I was leaving the States, I obviously had loads of insulin left over because when I went over, I needed to bring what I needed for the trip. And it it just happened. It just so happened that I had some left over. So I actually had people reach out to me who are in New York, who were on the same insulin as me, but didn't have any. So I was able to... Would you even get in trouble for that? I don't know, but anyway, they needed it. So the insulin that I had left over, they were obviously on the same insulin as me. I gave to them. Why would you get in trouble for that? I don't know, sharing medication,
1: but... A bit more more inclined for the government to get in trouble for allowing this to happen. Mm. This price... Forget about your sharing your medication. You're helping people survive.
0: The government yeah. have well, no, the, screwed
1: up the, the company, the country so badly where they allow yeah. the pharmaceutical companies to run everything.
0: Yeah. Well, look, the, the point isn't me giving the insulin. The point of it I'm trying to make is the fact that that even has to be done.
1: Yeah, that's disgraceful.
0: Do you know? And then it was as simple as me getting on a plane back to Ireland and once I land, I can just collect my supplies. No questions asked. It's unbelievable! I can, like,
1: I can see the I see the stats on this podcast, and over fifty percent of the people who listen to the podcast are from the states. And I just feel sorry for you all listening to you. Must be think your mind must be blown to the fact that Owen and people in the UK and around Europe and other countries around the world are actually looked after for the long term illness scheme. Yeah. And obviously, you, you like you, you don't ask for this. This hasn't been done to you. It's not as if. You you went out and you purposely were unhealthy. This just happened randomly. It's not your fault. And then people are being burdened by debt because your government can look after. It's absolutely disgraceful. Yeah. And I, and I, and I know we're not the first people to say that. I understand that this is a massive thing in the States. But when you actually see it in black and white in front of me when I'm reading this email and you hear from Katie's story as well about her brother and... Mm. If he had insurance where things have been different, like it's just
0: but your how, Katie's many other, brother how many other Nick, stories
1: are there? Like that.
0: Yeah. And Katie's brother Nick even said that he was reluctant to go to the hospital because of the bills once he went to the hospital. Mm. That should be the last that should be yeah. the last thing on someone's mind when they need medical assistance or medical help.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, it's uh, a yeah.
1: It's a it's a big, big issue. But anyway, Alan, thank you very much for that. Yeah. And that is an issue that every diabetic is aware of, especially those living in the States. Mm. the story in Canada? How were you when we were in Canada? Did you get all your supplies over from Ireland when we were away for three months or
0: did you have to get any in Canada? Same as New York. So, because we only went to Canada for what was it, three, four months. So yeah. I just brought over that supply. Oh, all right. And then with the States brought over, I think it was like a six month or a yearly supply. And then if I had friends or family visiting, they'd bring me more over if I needed. Yeah. But it only really kind of hits home with you when you hear of these stories firsthand. And it was it was really hard hitting for me to even have that conversation with Katie those couple of weeks ago. Because She had been living with diabetes her whole life. Her brother then gets diagnosed. The two of them kind of made a joke, which was kind of funny, like of comparing their bills, but then a big part of the reason why Nick died were those bills. And then even after Nick dying and Katie having to deal with her brother dying, she still has to deal with her own diabetes. And all these bills on top of it. It's unreal, like. No, it's it's disgusting, really, to be honest. We'll move on
1: to email number three from Lisa Rowlinson. And she says, newly diagnosed. She says, hi, Owen and Graham. I just wanted to say thank you for all the information you have shared. I was found by my daughter early last month. I hadn't replied to any texts all day, which is so not like me. So she popped in after work to check on me. I was unresponsive and I was taken into hospital with DKA and a high of 41. I spent a few days in ICU before being transferred to a standard ward and let home. I found my new life of being a type 1 like many others a shock. I'm 52 and I've lived without many illnesses apart from mild asthma my whole life. Your podcast was a light bulb moment. I want to spread awareness as I've also found there are so many people who haven't a clue unless they are dealing with it in their circle. I love what you teach on the podcast and if I can help people as you do, I will feel content with my lot. Thank you so much and that is from
0: Lisa. Amazing. Thank you, Lisa. I appreciate you reaching out and of course, we appreciate you listening to the the podcast. I can't even speak today properly so I apologise for that but another pretty intense email yeah. and look, thankfully, Lisa was found, and and she's obviously healthy and happy now and probably enjoying her diabetic life at this stage. But it just goes to show you, we like to have a laugh on the podcast. We like to highlight the positives of things, but it's very serious. Yeah. And that's always something that we need to highlight again throughout the episodes, which is very important. But look, I'm happy Lisa is healthy now, and it's always good to hear that the podcast has been able to help people Especially when they're newly diagnosed, because I know even going back to when (laughs) when I was diagnosed, you're told that you have diabetes, and then you're like, Well, what now? What do I learn? What do I need to know? What's important? What makes a difference to my day? What makes a difference to my bloods? You've all these different questions. So I hope that the podcast up to this point has answered a lot of them for you. And um, I think it'll be important to. Well, I wouldn't feel right not leaving a couple newly diagnosed diabetic tips before finishing this email. So I suppose three tips that I would give somebody who is newly diagnosed would be live consciously, as I always say. I'm sure if you've listened to the podcast up till now, you've heard me rabbit on about that all the time. But what I mean by living consciously is being aware of what you're doing and what impact that's having on you. Being aware of, okay, if I go out for a run, what does that do to my blood sugar? If I go out for a walk, what does that do for my blood sugar? If I eat a burger, what does that do to my blood sugar compared to what happens to my blood sugar when I eat a salad? Because all the different things that we do and don't do will have different impacts on our bloods. So living consciously is a big part of that rather than just kind of going about your day and not really taking note of anything that happens. Number two would be (laughs) give yourself permission to fail. That Mm -hmm. kind of sounds cheesy, but it's important because when you have type one diabetes, as much as you would love everything to be perfect, it's never gonna happen, myself included. I would love to be 100% time and range, every day, but it's never going to happen. So giving yourself permission to fail, and I'm going to use the word fail in relation to, let's say, highs and lows, highs and lows. It's not failing, but that's just the word I'm going to use. And let yourself know that, look, I'm going to have highs, I'm going to have lows, but what can I take from them? And a client said something very interesting to me last week. She said, I think she went to Diabetic camps when she was a child. And she said, one of the camp hosts or leaders or whatever they were said that whatever blood sugar reading you have, it's giving you information. And that information can be used in the future too. So if I have a really, really, really high blood sugar through the night, what's that high blood sugar telling me? Is it telling me that I ate too close to bed? Is it telling me that? I'm sick, is it telling me that I didn't take enough insulin before bed? There's always going to be something you can take from a high or a low, obviously treat the high and treat the low before you look into it in more detail because your head might be a bit all over the place. And number three would be always have hypo treatment. That's a very, very, very important one. And that doesn't just go to newly diagnosed, that goes to any diabetic listening always have hypo treatment on you because you don't know when you're going to have a hypo or how much hypo treatment you will need. So do not ever (laughs) leave your house without at least a packet of glucose tablets in your pocket. It's extremely important because if you have a high, you can go about your day a lot longer than you can if you have a low. If you have a low blood sugar, there's a limited amount of time you have to treat that before you potentially pass out. So it's important that you always have something on you that you can conveniently take if and when your bloods drop. What do you think of those tips, Graham? Useful. I like those tips. And that, <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> I'm pretty
1: sure we did another episode, actually. Um, I should have looked it up while you were talking, but it literally just popped in my head there where it was. So you're diagnosed what now? Wasn't that one? Wasn't that one we did?
0: Or was that one we planned to do? Jeez, that sounds like a good episode. <laughs> I don't think we did do it, but maybe it's one we have planned. Uh, I don't remember doing it. Do you know what? That's I, a great episode. I'll we look- definitely have that <laughs> in, the, in the calendar, don't we? <laughs> and you've just it. Maybe it's
1: one of one that we've got to do. Well, look, Lisa, Alan and Oregon, thank you so much for your emails. And of course... If you want to get in contact with us, we love hearing from you. The insalone podcast at gmail.com. If you've already sent an email, don't worry. We are working our way through
0: them. So we will get your emails. Don't you worry. Absolutely. And look, loads of loads of people that have emailed have even said in their email, oh, I had this story. And every time you say to send in an email, I'm always questioning should I send it in or not? Send it in. Because it doesn't matter if you think it's A funny story, a scary story, a sad story, a story that isn't even relevant to the podcast. We love getting those emails in. We love reading through them. Well, Graham does, and he reads them out to me. So that's that's why we do these episodes. But any experience you have is relevant and important to the podcast. And like we always say on this, when we do these email episodes, it's not just me and Graham. It's the people who email. It's you listening. It's like we're all... Having a big conference or, or conversation, so it's a good idea to send it in. So please don't hesitate to do that. And I can't, I can't find that episode. So that's a great one. We'll write that one down. I definitely, I definitely have that in the calendar. So you've now spilled the beans on oh, a good episode. No,
1: well, that, well that's, that'll keep people hooked. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> that, I can't
0: wait. Keep them ready.
1: I can't wait to hear that. Even though I'm already diagnosed, but sure, look, of I course. like hearing the lads chat. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, um, but look, no, okay. can't find it. I knew we didn't do it. Well, it's a good one on the way. There we go. Yeah. Happy so, days. What was the title? I'm just diagnosed. What happens now? <laughs> what next? Yeah, that's a good one. What episode. next? So stay tuned for that episode. Bing, bing, bing. As always, and like I always, always say, we really appreciate you tuning in. I, oh, there's what that. One? Strangely enough, that's my glucose tablets dropped drop ah. out of my pocket. See, he practiced what he preaches. He always exactly. has them on him. That's hilarious. What a coincidence. But. Thank you for tuning in. We appreciate it. We know there are hundreds of thousands of podcasts you can listen to nowadays. So anytime you tune in here, it doesn't go unnoticed. We look at all the stats. We know where you're from. We know where you live. And we appreciate we appreciate you being in touch. So have a good day. Have a good week. Look after those bloods and we will chat to you soon. Take it easy, Graham. Bye-bye.